This advert is FDA approved. On news night tonight, chairperson and ranking member on Government Assurances Committee clash over whether Education Minister lied to Parliament when he said textbooks had been distributed to schools. Should be some clarification. No, there can't be any clarification. The, well, the minister no, was emphatic, uh, madam. No, 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 no. Honourable, yes. please, you can't just prejudge. We have details as the committee wraps up its tour of the central and greater Accra regions to verify the minister's claims. Also tonight, unemployment should not be a license to invade mining concessions. Lands Minister warns Obwasa youth as he gives strongest indication of government's intention to protect mining companies. We are very determined to protect this mine, protect Anglo Gold Ashanti's concession. And I should say and say so forcefully. We have details of his working visit to Anglegoda Chantel Boise Mines after the illegal entry of the shaft by illegal miners there. Also tonight, former Prime Minister goes after World Bank Country Director as he describes Pierre Laporte's strong criticism of Ghana's take or pay agreements as unfortunate in an attempt to please the current government. I wish the country director had gone a bit back or gotten his researchers to look at the holistic picture. And there's more as government directs the ECG to renegotiate power purchase agreements under new guidelines that discourages the take-or-pay regime. Can we renegotiate under the new guidelines that have been issued by the Ministry of Energy to the effect that going forward, any new power plants that is coming into Ghana would not be on a take-or-pay basis? And in business, World Bank insists of structures to ensure prudent use of more than $2 billion set to be disbursed to Ghana. In sports, Hamburg's runs for the Wakonigsdorfer replaces injured Inyaki Williams ahead of Ghana's AFCON qualifier against Madagascar later this month. And what is the pothole situation in your neighborhood? In the second episode of Ghana's Potholes exhibition, we'll hear why the government may not cover craters in the middle of the road. The bomb passes through today. I pray for heavy rains so that the road would develop more potholes. I'll then come and fix them. We're here from citizens taking the matter into their own hands and making some money while at it. Now, the chairperson of the Government Assurances Committee of Parliament, Patricia PJ, and uh, his ranking uh, member, Oti Blairs, are fighting over whether or not Education Minister Dr. Yaose Duchum lied to Parliament when he said textbooks for the new curriculum have been distributed to all basic schools. Speaking to journalists after touring the Central and Greater Accra regions, ranking member uh, of this committee, uh, James John Oti Blair, said the minister had lied to Parliament because their findings showed most schools had not received the textbooks, and even those who had received did not have a full complement. Minister was emphatic. He indicated clearly to the committee that they were done. They've distributed books to all the schools, and now you are you 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 went with us. You saw things for yourselves. 
Because when we went to the schools, the story was different. Because most of the, so let's talk about the 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 the, 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 the central, the district, the regional capital. So how about the, the rural areas? So it tells you that the minister didn't tell us the truth. That is the fact. Because most of the schools are yet to receive the books. And when we went to the depot, the the man in charge even was clear that they are yet to receive all the full uh, uh, complement of the books for the schools. So it was clear. So it means that the minister's promise has not been fulfilled. What do so you intend to do? We'll, we'll prepare our reports and then lay it uh, uh, on the floor. Yes, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about it there. We believe we'll all be there to, to see it. I am not at all happy. I am not happy. I'm not happy because the minister didn't tell us the truth. Well, the chairperson of the committee, Patricia Page, disagrees. You can't just prejudge. You have come out to find something. That's a challenge. So we cannot, whether the minister, because we have recorded this thing verbatim. Go back and then be sure of exactly what it is. Because other people also have other memories. So we will do some introspection before we can condemn the situation. Exactly, we are not condemning. We are stating the issues as they are. Because the minister was emphatic. We have our class here. We are all there. Some of you, the media houses were there. The minister said they were done with the distribution. And we go on to the ground and the, the issues there are different. So why should we talk about it? So you have the uh, two uh, leaders of this committee disagreeing over what exactly the minister said and what they found as bringing our parliamentary correspondent, Kweku uh, Asante, who has been touring with them. And Kweku, so uh, really help us understand why this controversy. Didn't the two leaders go on the same tour together and all sat in parliament to listen to the minister give the assurance? Indeed, that is so. They were all on this tour. They were all in that hearing when the minister made those claims to the committee. What they disagree is clearly where John Otibles is coming in to say that the minister lied. But according to Patricia PJ, that should not be the conclusion just yet and that the committee should wait, return to Accra and talk to the minister again. There may perhaps be a few issues that have happened for which reason what the minister told the committee is not happening on the ground. It's also instructive to know that, Evan, these schools that the committee has been visiting are actually schools that were selected for them by the education ministry themselves. And some of the committee members have had cause to complain that you cannot be going on such a fact-finding mission and going with a list that the minister presented to you. It is on this basis that O.T. Bless is saying that if the minister's lessons that he presented to us, which we have gone to, clearly shows that the books have not been distributed and that even those schools who have received these books do not have enough, then it clearly tells the case that the nationwide picture is much gloomy than the minister presented to the House. But the chairperson disagrees. He says they should return to Accra, work on their report, present same to Parliament, and then talk to the education minister. Perhaps there may be a few things that may have caused some blockage of these textbooks reaching these basic schools across the country. Do you have an indication, really, what the committee intends to do with the findings when it comes to the floor? So the committee is, as we've seen so far, split on, 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 on partisan sides. It's going to be very difficult for them to have an agreement in terms of what exactly to put in the report and the conclusion as well before they put that on the, on the floor of parliament. But knowing how parliament works and the government assurance committee itself, some of these reports may well delay into months sometimes. It may, it may even take up to the end of the meeting that a report 
may come to the floor. And some of the minority members say that these textbooks are much needed at the basic school level. They expect some urgent decisions to be taken. That is why they do not want a committee report to be put together first before the minister must be summoned. Some of them are already weighing in options of filing urgent questions when house resumes tomorrow. And also, I mean, liaising with their colleagues on the education committee, which are supervisory um, responsibility over the education ministry to look at some of these issues even before the report is ready. But what must even go into this report, clearly from the chairperson and the ranking member, there's some sort of a disagreement there. Okay, but you also today went to Tamar East. What's the facts on the ground there? So for all the schools we've gone to in the central region, in the greater Accra region, none of the schools we've gone so far have full complements of the textbooks. Indeed, for all of the schools we went to, the schools actually have some of the books, but they are not all of it. Indeed, some schools in the central region, the JHS, do not have a single copy, whilst in the primary schools, they have some copies. For a class, for say BS5 in Pomazi Basic School, there are about 70 students in, the, in a certain class, but there are just 40 textbooks that have been distributed. And according to the Digital Director of Education, the explanation was that they are only called upon to get the textbooks when they are ready, and they do not almost always get all the textbooks for all the students. So for all the schools we've gone to so far, the picture is the same. They all have some textbooks, but not all textbooks. In schools where they are basic schools, where they have primary and JHS, you see that the primary schools have a number of the textbooks, of course, not up to the number of students who have been enrolled in the school, but the JHS mostly do not have. Also, technically, because the JHS three students are still on the old curriculum, and they're about to phase out after they finish their BEC. But the Form 2s and Form 1s are expected to have this new technique for this new curriculum. And for Form as this new high school in the central region, and uh, some schools in the central region, also in Keba, they do not have these techniques at all. It's expensive. And so the gaps we are seeing in Tema now, um, in terms of textbooks, in terms of classroom availability, in terms of furniture, is so obvious. I know you don't have much time. Yeah. And so to sum it all, government must move speedily to empower the assemblies and also empower the, the metro education officers to ensure that these gaps are bridged in the short term. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, let's bring in uh, Dr. Clementa Park. He is on the Education Committee in Parliament and joins us on the line right now. Dr. Park, thanks for your time uh, here on Newsnight. Were you part of this delegation touring the country? Hello, Dr. Park. Can you hear me? I can, yes. Very well. Well, I am a member of the Education... Can you hear me? I can, yes. Are you? Hello, Dr. Park, I can hear you. Ah, very well. So the point I'm making is that I am a member of the Education Committee. And it is not my committee that is out and about trying to verify the authenticity of the minister's statement to the Government Assurance Committee. But be as it may, I can tell you on authority that no school, public business school, in the Republic of Ghana has the full complement of textbooks produced on the back of the new school-based curriculum that was unveiled in 2019. I mean, Dr. Park, on that point, last week 
when we reported the visit by the assurances committee to Cape Coast. There was one school, and we played that sound, where the head teacher announced that they have the full complement. Yes, they found many other schools without a full complement. At least there was one school that had it. I doubt. Well, I have the, my doubt. Well, the head teacher in, in interaction with the committee indeed confessed that they, they do have that one school did have that. I have my doubts. And I say so because the ranking member on the committee just told that the list that was given was generated by the ministry. And I think that in itself defeats the, the exercise. And I'm also quite curious that rather than spreading it out and perhaps even letting the committee go to the less and far part of this country, in this case, the five bridges in the northern part of this country, they have chosen places where we all know are better endowed. But even so, the report confirms what we know, which is that after many years of agitation, government eventually awarded contracts to printing houses and publishers to print and distribute the books but because government has decided to cap get fund, which is the agency government is relying on to finance the printing and distribution of these books, get fund has been unable to raise the needed resources to pay the printers and the publishers for the books produced so far. Consequently, the printers have refused to produce any more books until they are paid for those that they are produced. That is why we are where we are, Eva. I mean, at the education committee level, you've known about this. Parliament resumes tomorrow. What do you plan to do about it? Well, if you must know, we have never failed to file questions to the minister on this matter. Right before Parliament rules, I know my ranking member, the Honorable Peter Nochukotoy, filed a question on it. I have filed a question almost every year on this issue of textbooks. We will continue to do our best. But I think we must now call on teachers and parents to rise up and call government out for failing to fulfill its obligation to the good people of this country. It is not right, it is not acceptable that four years down the line, after the introduction of a new curriculum, Teachers and heads of basic institutions are still crying about a lack of adequate textbooks. This is not excusable. Your inquiry shows, and correct me there if I'm, if I'm mistaken, that this, is, this boils down to lack of funds to pay the publishers. Yes. I mean, but that, that is because the government itself has chosen to implement a policy that we are even fighting against in Parliament. We have always argued that it was wrong for government to cap statutory or earmark funds, including get funds. So it is government's own poor decision to bring about the cutting of get funds, which is denying get funds the needed resources to execute the responsibility that government itself has entrusted upon get funds. So there is a way. Government should simply decap get funds and allow for the full GetFund levy to go to GetFund, and GetFund will be able to meet all its obligations 
including paying the printers and publishing houses. But this is just a reflection of the hard economic times you're in. No, I don't buy that. Yes, we are in hard economic times. But has government agreed with their call to cut down the size of government? Why are we still paying deputy ambassador, deputy CEO? We are paying the CEO and the staff for a catering post that we have never seen any action as far as that side is concerned. So if you want my honest opinion, much more like the delay investment of capitation grants, six times, the matters to do the school fee program, the furniture deficit, this is as a result of poor government policy decisions and poor implementation of policies that government itself acknowledges are key. Uh, Dr. Clement Park, thank you very much uh, for your time. And he is a member on the Education Committee uh, in uh, Parliament. Uh, what do you make of this particular subject and the controversy? 055 uh, Share your thoughts with me and I'll share it with the rest of the, of the world. Uh, a few of you have uh, joined us with your thoughts on this already. And I want to share with you. Uh, Philip from Cater says, in fact, the government is not serious with the uh, good people of Ghana. How much is one Ghana city 50 pesos for the school feeding program? Even our, our various homes, we spent more uh, than that, he says. The quality of the food is what uh, they should be uh, giving. And uh, that's on the subject of the school feeding program it will bring you details of that uh, it is a deception for government to be promising students laptops when textbooks for the new curriculum in the basic schools are lacking for almost four years now uh, kofi uh, sedu uh, centers that one uh, with his thoughts there and if you have any uh, please share uh, with us including uh, this one uh, from mary nobuase say i'm a teacher in nobuase there has never been there has never been a single textbook since implementation of the new uh, curriculum he says and that's uh, mary in Obuase who says she is a teacher uh, there let's hear from you uh, if you're a parent as well 055-1111-997 and you are live here on news night well tomorrow parliament is resuming and there is a uh, major controversy over whether or not uh, the house will get the consensus required to approve the nomination of the new Chief Justice, Justice Gertrude Tokunu. Uh, well, uh, the minority side, the NDC side, had served notice that they will block her nomination unless they receive the full reason judgment of the Supreme Court on the James Jachikwesen case. Remember that particular Supreme Court judgment resulted in his, in his seat being annulled. Um, and as a result of that, there is a by-election on the 27th of June. Well, on top story, we heard from the chairman of the appointments committee who had uh, drafted the uh, first report following the vetting of Justice Getu Tokonu, and that was a majority recommendation for approval. The NDC side had stayed away uh, because they were opposed in the absence of the reasoned judgment. Well, Joe Sowusu uh, told us on top story that Today, they've received a call from the minority side asking that that report now be amended because they have received the judgment now and they will fully join their majority colleagues to approve Justice Tokunu's nomination. Well, also when the report will be put before the House, it's based on a program and uh, there's a business committee which we settle. But what I can assure you is that my report is ready. 
And this report, was it a report that was communicating a consensus position or a majority position? As at the time we were writing the report, it was a majority decision. But this afternoon, the chief whip has called me to say that the majority did not declare their intention whether they were uh, voting no or supporting her. But after they have received a copy of the uh, reasons given by the Supreme Court in respect of the Quay case, they have, the, uh, sorry, Quayson case, they have decided to support a nomination. So the report should be uh, presented as a consensus report. This is the discussion I had with the chief whips uh, around 4 p.m. today. And indeed, we recall in your statement, your main objection was was around the absence of the reasoned judgment, which is now available. Yes. So, so, yes, sir. They have now stated their position because at the time we met to consider the decision, they said they were not going to vote yes or no until they have uh, a copy of the report. But we couldn't let the conclusion abide that decision so we recorded that having voted no let's get some clarity on this now um the minority chief whip himself uh, joins us now uh, mr kwame agboja uh, mr agboja thanks for your time here on news night good evening uh evans and good evening to your church listeners you had your chairman the chairman of the appointments committee say you called him and saying <laughs> that uh, you've decided now to support the nomination true I'm very surprised at uh, the uh, interview granted by the first deputy speaker, a very seasoned uh, politician and respected one as such in Parliament. Parliament reopens tomorrow. Uh, usually, there are a series of meetings to decide on what we do from the very first day, uh, including what goes into the business statement, uh, etc. Indeed, um, an issue that cropped up during the break was the vetting of the Chief Justice nominee. At no point did the NDC state our position in support or against the candidature of uh, Justice uh, uh, Tokono. Indeed, we issued a statement just after the vetting, uh, making it clear. In fact, before the vetting, we met the first deputy speaker and his uh, chief whip and state our position that we are going into the vetting to do the vetting. But we are going to rely heavily on the outcome of the recent judgment of our, our colleague, Honorable Quason. He opposed that and we went through the vetting. And you remember the minority leader restated that position. We were told the recent judgment will come on the 7th of uh, June. However, this afternoon, whilst we're preparing for... Uh, tomorrow, we started hearing information that the majority side was uh, mobilizing all their colleagues to come to parliament tomorrow to vote on the issue of the chief justice, including ministers to cancel their trips and other things. So we confronted them and said, look, have you actually done a report which we are supposed to take? In any case, the business statement will have to be done tomorrow. And so what is the basis of you recalling everybody saying we are coming to vote? Then uh, he told me, as he said, that, oh, uh, because we were unable to support uh, the report, they have gone ahead to do a majority report. And I said, 
as far as the NDC is concerned, we have not seen a report of the appointment committee on the chief justice. And as of the time I left office, close to five o'clock, uh, the minority leader uh, was not uh, uh, within the presence of parliament. And I'm the vice chairman, uh, uh, the deputy ranking of the committee. I've not seen a committee. So when he says that we said we have taken a decision to support, how and then ask him to change the report. How could we change a report of which we have not even cited? So indeed, I called him and said, look, we have heard that you said you want to take the, uh, the report on the chief justice. We haven't seen it. The minority leader hasn't seen it. Who is there? The ranking hasn't seen it. So I'm surprised that his position that we said we have come. Indeed, I told him that our lawyers are consuming the, the, the judgment. And by tomorrow morning, our position will consolidate. And the minority leader would address the media and state our position clearly as to what we are going to do. So I am quite taken aback when somebody drew my attention to the fact that he said I called him and said he should change the report and then the, and that we have come to a conclusion. Yes, I told him we have received. In fact, Parliament, the legal department of Parliament served me with the hard copy of the report when I, when I was leaving the office. So I'm not even ready. That that I am aware that the, the judgment is out. So. I'm, I'm surprised he, a, a seasoned politician like this, uh, would run ahead of himself and say these things, suggesting that we have uh, had a meeting and, and taken a decision. I, I, think, I think it's unfortunate. So you did not ask him to amend the report to reflect your support? How would I have asked him to amend the report I've not seen? I've not seen the report. I just reminded him that he, we are told that they have done a majority report. Indeed. We never said we were uh, fundamentally opposed to Justice Tokonu's uh, appointment. All we asked for is the reason judgment, and upon that, we'll make a decision. So if he says he has written a majority report, that is upon him. That is not a report reflecting the views, including the, 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 uh, our side. So uh, how would I have asked him to change the report? I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm here to see. I mean, it's been more than a week since the vetting. You don't, you don't see it as a, a strange occurrence that all these days after that there isn't a report and you haven't cited one well normally he's the chairman and uh, when the report is generated he would uh, by convention uh, give a copy to the the ranking and who will make his input and then uh, communicate it back to him and after that members of the committee will be informed as to what the conclusions are so members don't turn up on the floor surprised at anything as we speak, in fact, members on my side asked me, what is the understanding? I said, we are all meeting tomorrow to have this uh, 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 concluded. So, indeed, um, the first deputy speaker uh, went ahead of himself. Um, uh, our legal people are consuming the report. They are going to advise us by, by tomorrow morning. The NDC will have a caucus meeting and take a decision and communicate that publicly, as we have said in our press release on the day of the, the, the vetting. One week is passed, is not a, a problem. But the point is that if the report is ready, the report should have been, a copy of that report should have been uh, served on the, the minority leader who is the ranking member. But, but you, didn't request, you didn't also request for that report if indeed it existed shortly after the vetting? Well, I mean, we, why would we have requested for the report when we said that we are waiting for the reason judgment to inform our position? So we have no reason to even request a, a report which would have been inconclusive as of the time the vetting committee, uh, I mean, uh, was, was dispersed. Uh, I mean, dispersed. So, 
has no reason why we should call for that report. So will you or will you not support her approval? We are not fundamentally opposed to the nomination or appointment of Justice Tokono. We have very serious concerns about her, this, uh, I mean, her position on something. But even with that, we, we said notice that we would consume the content of the, the judgment and the minority leader would address the media one way or the other tomorrow. So let's wait uh, for, the, that, uh, for the minority leader to address the media as to our position. So that position will either be when this comes on the floor, we are in support of it or we are not? No, no, not on the floor. We will communicate that decision as, uh, as per our uh, uh, press statement on the day of the vetting. We will communicate that position publicly before we go onto the floor. Will that, that is after meeting our committee members and our side and at the caucus meeting, that position will be communicated. But shouldn't that feed into the committee's report before it's submitted? That yes. position you were. That is why I'm saying I'm even I'm even really surprised because all he needed to do. Fortunately, the the, the ruling uh, I mean the reasoning behind the ruling came a day ahead of schedule. What it means is that we are given an opportunity to to, uh, to sit down tomorrow and address all these uh, things. So by the time we go back to the house on on Wednesday and beyond, we would have had a position that um, that is uh, uh, known to the, to the to the public. But as of the reason behind his uh, decision to uh, quickly call you or uh, grant an interview saying I have called him at four o'clock telling him to change the report I've not seen uh, he's the only one who can answer the motive behind that interview and you indicated also that you got intelligence that the majority side they were mobilizing their members asking ministers who were outside the jurisdiction to return do you get a sense that this is going to come to the floor for a decision tomorrow uh, the as I asked of whether we will take that report tomorrow or not depends on the business uh, committee. And that committee Evan, has not decided yet? I am very confident that we have done business in Parliament on many occasions on very uh, uh, reasonable ground. I don't feel that naturally we should be arguing so much when somebody like the Chief Justice is about to take office. And we've never communicated that. However, we robustly stated our uh, I mean, opposition to certain parts of her, her actions and inactions in cases that he, uh, uh, he ruled on. That is not to say we have anything personal uh, against him. So, uh, so I am saying that tomorrow when the minority leader addresses uh, the media, all these things will come out uh, clearly and then we'll find a way forward. And, uh, but I can completely condemn the, what the, uh, the first deputy speaker uh, did. He knows he hasn't even given us a copy of that report. Even if it's a majority uh, uh, report, uh, he, he must necessarily give a copy to the minority leader for us to be aware that they want to uh, go and take a vote on the chief justice. That would have been their own decision to, for us to vote because we never said we wanted to vote on her or not. We, we haven't said anything. Thank you very much. That's uh, Kwame Abujaizi, minority chief whip there. Enjoy your face here with business. After business, the question, what is the pothole situation in your neighborhood? In a second episode of Ghana's Potholes exhibition, we'll hear why the government may not cover craters in the middle of the road. I pray for heavy rains so that the road would develop more potholes. I'll then come and fix them. We tell the story of how citizens are taking this matter into their own hands and making money 
while at it and George Affairs here. Yeah, George, you've seen them, uh, you know, yeah, trying to patch the rules themselves. I, I, I don't think you call them, I mean, even with the potholes, maybe no longer be described as potholes, but manholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, you, can, you can fall Valleys. in and you, you won't come back again. Yes. <laughs> and then you see these uh, folks in the community, they'll go and fetch some sand and then they are, they are yeah. tempted to try and patch uh, up that pothole themselves. And of course, then they make money off that as well. Yeah. We'll tell you that story uh, right after George is done. George, what's in the headline? Well, events coming up in business. World Bank insists on structures to ensure prudent use of more than $2 billion said to be dispersed to Ghana. An independent power producers vowed to press ahead with cutting power by end of this month if a fraction of that $2 billion is not settled as they push for that. The Business News on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business, Alliance Life and Ghana Pay. Isn't life wonderful when everything worth doing is scheduled? Hitting the stop button on your alarm just in time for your morning job. That happy moment listening to your baby's heartbeat at the doctor's office. On a range virtual meeting with that big client. Buy airtime ahead of time with scheduled airtime service on MTN Momo. You can schedule your airtime purchase of any amount daily, weekly, or monthly by dialing star 170 hash option 3 and follow the process. Or simply dial star 170 star 311 hash for a superb airtime purchase experience. You enjoy 100% bonus airtime anytime you recharge yourself with MTN Momo. Keep on talking with that 100% feeling. So, what what are we doing today? MTN. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 40 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Committee 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase K and USD Campus, UC. Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall Airport City or call us 0302 
four-story, four-bedroom detached houses at Ogbojo East Legon near American House. Our office complexes include Zion House, Shiashi East Legon, Zion House, Sofaline Interchange, Kumase. Our offices and apartments are for both rental and outright purchases at affordable prices and with flexible payment terms. Kindly contact us on 0257-960-919 or visit botproperties.com. BOT Properties, the new meaning of affordable luxury. I'm on Welcome back to Business on Newsnight. Now, ratings agency Standard & Poor's has downgraded two of Ghana's Eurobond from CC to D. Now, this is more of a warning to investors that government question government's ability to settle these debts on time and has dropped our ability to a junk status. Standard & Poor's in its latest report on Ghana noted that this was after government missed out on the payment of the principal and interest payments on the $1 billion on the Eurobonds that are supposed to mature on 2029 and another $1 billion on the Eurobond that should mature on 2049. Now, government sources have ever maintained that this action, I mean, they have failed to pay these uh, principals and, and bonds that are maturing because of the decision to suspend payments on these external debt because of the ongoing discussions on the debt restructuring program. The World Bank is insisting that there are structures in place to ensure prudent use of fresh funds set to be disbursed to Ghana. The World Bank is set to advance more than $2 billion to the country over the next four years. A fraction of this amount should come in or hit government's account by September this year. However, there are concerns that just like issues with the COVID-19 funds, maybe these funds might not be used well. But the World Bank country director Pierre Laporte disagrees. Before everything is paid, government has to show us proof that all the reforms have been implemented. That's how we put it. But the way this operates is we first agree on the project objectives, the activities with government. Then we have a procurement plan before the project is approved that is agreed with government. Then we do not give project money. Unlike budget support, we do not give project money in the budget. We create a project unit with its own designated account within its own structures of procurement and safeguard that these projects are implemented with the line ministries in question, but through the PIU, the project prevention unit, doesn't go to government. Of course, finance will finally clear the payments once uh, a tender for the road is done. Then it comes to us, they can tell us, we have this bid, there are five companies, this is the one that is the lowest, this is the one that is a better technical thing. Then our teams, our experts will look at it and we can say, yes, we agree with your proposal to award to company X. 
World Bank Country Director Pierre Laporte. Now, finance professor that is Lord Mensah is downplaying any negative impact on the financial sector should the Financial Stability Fund delay in taking off. It's coming after government indicated that it has put together the framework for the fund for it to be operational from July this year. However, the World Bank is yet to disburse the seed funding for the project that is about $250 million. And there are fears that the banking sector could be affected badly if these funds do not come on time. But Professor Mensah says the banking sector's regulator is already taking steps to ensure that the sector is protected. Bank of Ghana has already um, prepared the grounds. Uh, remember, Bank of Ghana issued a directive that dividends should be hold on well, I mean, for some time now. Indirectly, it's a way of the equity holder more or less rescuing the situation instead of uh, waiting for these external funds. Some of these funds are more or less uncertain as to whether um, it will come or not. But I'm happy we, we, we're done with the framework and in the end, um, hopefully, once the board meet on it, it will, it will be money to show up in, uh, in the country's accounts. But then what we also need to, um, I mean, be cautious of is all these monies that are coming as a result of the benefits that, you know, we're supposed to get from the IMF. What Ghanaians need to ensure is that the monies are used for their purpose. Professor Lord Mensah is a finance lecturer at the University of Ghana Business School. Now, independent power producers have indicated that there is no turning back over plans to cut supplies due to the $2 billion debt. It's coming up to proposals by government to audit the debt and even begin fresh round of negotiations. But the power producers maintain that delaying the process would only affect government situation of the country. Alec Magbedepo is the chief executive of the independent power producers our conditions or severity of our situation is something that cannot be negotiated uh, we have done everything possible to keep to manage the situation but it has gone beyond our control so really nothing has changed our ultimatum to government that is the june 30th is still funding we cannot overstretch ourselves we cannot stretch ourselves beyond june 30th happened time and then again auditing of our invoices let me tell you it's just a strategy to buy time but all the same they have every right to do so but the issue is that the consequences of any further delay cannot be averted if that is a strategy to delay payment to us Alec Blimak Petokbo is the chief executive of the independent power producers now, the Ghana Enterprises Agency, with support from the World Bank, has launched the Enterprise Support Program to provide 150 entrepreneurs, persons with disabilities, about 12 million Ghana cities grant. According to the Deputy Minister of Trade and Industry, Dr. Stephen Amwa, the grant is expected to help these persons upscale their business and create more to contribute to the development of the economy. We've been given more about this program at the launch today. The objective is to promote inclusive economic growth and gender equality. This time around, the Persons with Disability Enterprise Support Program will focus on promoting the welfare of enterprises owned by persons with disability through business and financial management training and grant funding. A total of 150 enterprises owned by persons with disabilities will be supported with about 12 million Ghana cities in technical assistance and grants. Supporting persons with disability in Ghana is essential for upholding quality inclusivity and fostering economic empowerment. 
Deputy Minister of Trade and Industry, Dr. Stephen Amwa. And that's all for business on Newsnight. And back to you, Evans, as we still discuss the manholes that are springing up all over. Very fun big fact. holes. Fun fact indeed, uh, George. Did you know that indiscriminate building along water channels contributes to creation of potholes? I didn't know that even. Well, <laughs> apparently it does. And we'll be hearing from Abdullahi Mahama, who is a road and building consultant pretty shortly. We'll be mm. expanding on that, uh, you know, contributory factor mm. to the potholes that you have on your road. But first, in a second in a series of Ghana's potholes exhibition, uh, where uh, our features editor, Jojo Kabana, has been exploring why the government may not cover craters in the middle of our road because citizens are taking this matter into their own hands. A sudden sound of porthole symphony. When your vehicle joins the chorus, then be rest assured that a hole will be created in your bank account. Driving on pothole riddled streets means you have to constantly drift off your lane. From afar, you start looking like a drunk, needlessly turning the steering wheel. If you're wondering why the government is not fixing your potholes, if I'm a record, I'm a, the bomb is I pray for heavy rains so that the road would develop more potholes. I'll then come and fix them. I pray that government neglects the road. That is the only way I will get money for my daily upkeep. With so much passion fueled by hunger, he sometimes dangerously approaches drivers and sometimes weaves in between vehicles begging for coins to put food on the table for his family. For three years, he has been filling these potholes with soil on the Iran Clinic stretch not only for the driving comfort of drivers and passengers, but to eke out a living. So would you be happier if God listened to your prayer instead? This crater is starting to take up the whole lane. A few meters away are well-carved-out potholes, more like asphalt or worry. They cover the entire stretch and you cannot save your car from them. So why not stop there for a game of a worry? What office do you contact? When the street is beyond pothole repair. MP, MPs have a responsibility to fix our roads, but when you tell them, they say no. The assemblymen will also say it is not their responsibility. DCEs will also say it is not their responsibility. He or she will say it is the responsibility of the president. They keep shifting responsibilities and end up deceiving us. Why are Ghanaians not thinking? People are frustrated and are dying because they are stressed and overthinking. Many funeral posters announce what a shock. People are stressed. They are suffering in this country. Yes, Ghana's roads can leave you enraged. So like COVID-19, you have to learn to live with it. So let's explore a more sustainable solution to the problem. Uh, listen to road and building consultant Abdullahi Mahama. 
all the portals we have, aside the few ones that are badly designed or were not completed on time, that generates some of these things. The external activities also contribute significantly. Now, let's say a road which is always having water across it. A road was designed. In the first five years, there's no water standing on the road when it rains. Now you go and see that just adjoining land, an assembly had approved of somebody or had overlooked somebody to put up a building on a water channel. Like what I'm just watching on TV right now. This is a low-lying area. And so any any prevention of any channel by any activity outside the road would affect the road. Because once water constantly stands on the road, there will definitely be a small a hole. Just maybe one or just the, just the size of being a, the diameter of even a pen. Diameter, when it allows water to actually seep through, that place becomes susceptible and becomes to, to heave. Abdullah Muhammad, uh, Mr. Krantinix here with the sports. Uh, do you have a portal on your road? Yeah. I, I don't know if to call it a portal or... A crater uh, or a, a galley or a, a manhole yeah, or... Because I, I took a 50-meter dash on it and I still didn't reach the end of the photo. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah that's, a, that's, that's a serious one. A very serious one. Yeah. Very serious <laughs> What you have in the sports headline? <laughs> Let's go straight into the sports. And Black Stars head coach Chris Hilton has called up Hamburg SV's uh, Ransford Yewa Konigsdorfer to replace Inyaki Williams, who will miss the upcoming 2023 AFCON qualifier against Madagascar. The athletic club forward was named in the Ghana squad for the game, but pulled out with an injury to his right knee. Konigsdorfer will join the squad in Accra when they commence camping on June 12 ahead of the qualifier. He has scored eight times for Hamburg this season in the German Bundesliga 2, providing an assist in 32 games across the campaign. And a sport is brought to you by Pepsodent Herbal and Charcoal. Pepsodent, every smile matters. And of course, we are counting down to the Champions League final uh, this weekend. And uh, it's going to be live, right? It's going to be live here on the, on the Journey's channel. Yeah, uh, live commentary. And before that, there will also be the rep your jersey. You know, Absolutely. I'm repping my jersey. I'm, I'm repping Manchester United. You know why? Why? Because, you know, I'm anticipating mm-hmm. the next season we are in the final. So you're tapping into the blessing. Yes, I'm tapping into that. I and I'm, I'm rehearsing for that I final that. that is yet to be played. I love that. <laughs> Thank you very much, Daniel. Now, London Natural Resources Minister Samuel Abujinapo is vowing tonight that the government will do whatever it takes to protect mining companies following the invasion of the Angogoda Shanti mine site by illegal miners who barricaded themselves in their mine shaft. Mr. Junapo has been visiting the Angogoda Shanti mind side today. Uh, we'll hear from him shortly, but first listen to the Director of External Relations and Sustainability at the Ghana Chamber of Mines, Amen Natoma, who says mining companies feel helpless because governments uh, has failed over their past to protect them. And in, in the normal sense, it should have been enough leverage. And we think it is enough leverage. It's just that nobody's taking action. Um, other will do that, we'll get to that. And, uh, I mean, but, 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 but that beats me. But, but why? Because in the local communities, we have an MP, we have a DC, we have um, the chiefs, all of them there. They see that this is happening. Mines have been taken over by a league. And you're saying nobody's acting. <laughs> no, I mean, it, like I said, it's piecemeal. I mean, it's not um, comprehensive enough, you know. So once it's not comprehensive enough, the people move from this pocket to this mine. They move from this area to that area. And and we have something that has come up called community mining. So now everybody in the community says, look, we also want to do community mining. And you give us the mine. Mm-hmm. For instance, Anglo Ashanti, they gave us 70% of their concession to the community, to the state. Say, say that again. Anglo Ashanti gave up 70% of their concession. Percent. 
of their concessions. 70%. Yes, yes. So they are now concentrated on just about 30% of their previous concession. And that's what they are working on. And that is the same place that the guys invaded. So even the, despite the fact that they have given up some of the concession for everybody, some people will still go right and say that where the mining company has planned and has invested, that is where they want. And that's what, is, that's what happened at Benzo, and that's what happened at uh, Persios. The people are, they want where the mining company is. And if we don't take care very soon, as they keep invading and keep getting emboldened, they will just take over a mine and that will be chaotic. Balance Minister Samabu Junapo says they are determined to ensure mining companies work with less interference from illegal miners. We've had very uh, detailed discussions and a lot of conclusions have been reached uh, to, first of all, uh, protect the concession of Anglo Gold Ashanti. And second of all, try to map our strategy, uh, which will give us sustainable resolution of this matter. Now, I want to underscore the importance of this asset to the national economy of our country. As we all are very uh, aware, uh, this mine was under care and maintenance in 2016. And the mine was put under care and maintenance as a result, primarily, of some of the activities taking place today, some of the illegal activities taking place today, which is what culminated in the mine being put under care and maintenance. Through the instrumentality of President Akufuado and His Majesty Asantekini and other stakeholders, the mine was brought back to life in 2019. And which is why I say that um, we are very determined to protect this mine, protect Anglo Gold Ashanti's concession. And I should say and say so forcefully that it is government's uh, policy that Anglo Gold Ashanti's concession be protected through all legal means. And therefore, the mining laws of our country will be enforced and enforced strictly. Persons are not allowed under any circumstances to invade or attack the concession of Anglo Gold Ashanti. If they do as they have done, they will be made to face the full rigors of the law. They will be arrested, they will be prosecuted, and the law will take its course. I'm scheduled to meet uh, the mining community of Abuasi from here, and I'll deliver this strong message to them coming from government, that that is government's position. Yes, we recognize that we need to find alternative means of employment and livelihood for the youth of Obuasi, and we are working with Anglo Gold and other stakeholders to do just that, uh, including community mining, responsible regulated community mining, and so on and so forth. But that can never be, the lack of employment can never be a justification for illegally attacking the concession of Anglo Gold Ashanti. And that I think I should make uh, abundantly unequivocal. And that's the Lansing Natural Resources Minister Samuel Abujinapo. Now, former Power Minister Dr. Kabana Donko is tonight taking on the World Bank Country Director Frank Pierre Laporte. The World Bank Country Director, in a recent interview with Joy Business, uh, criticized the power purchasing agreement signed by the John Muhammad administration, stating that they were expensive and burdened the country due to the take or pay contracts. Well, uh, today we've been hearing from the former power minister. We've been speaking at the press conference uh, that uh, he believes uh, the country director got it all wrong. The country director also talked, talked about take or pay agreements that the Mahama government contracted a number of take or pay agreements. It is interesting that since the Mahama government left office at the end of 2016, 
every single power purchase agreement or indeed fuel purchase agreement, the Tema LNG project has had a take or pay component. Take or pay, take or pay is a reality in our situation because of confidence. A 330 megawatt combined cycle plant on the average will cost about $500 million in our sub-region. Is the country director of World Bank saying that the IFC, International Finance Corporation, which is a, an arm of the World Bank, are they saying they will fund a project worth $500 million and not demand a guarantee or an offtake agreement? The World Bank Group country director created the impression that all the power purchase agreements signed under the Jomama regime were higher, expensive, and in his way, contributed towards the challenges of the power sector today. I wish the country director had gone a bit back or gotten his researchers to look at the holistic picture. Meanwhile, Deputy Energy Minister Andy Ejapamesa has confirmed to Joy News that the electricity company of Ghana has been taxed to renegotiate contracts with independent power producers and the new regime that discourages take or pay. Further accumulation of debt would mean that have we signed new contracts that then brings about that debt or this is the situation that the contracts that we contracted in the past has brought us to. New AXA transaction is not a take or pay. It's a take and pay. Save that there is a commitment to dispatch about 40% of their capacity year on year. And also, the tariff was reduced from the 13 cents or so to under 10. Yes, we've had excess capacity over the past five, six, seven years. But is it static? Obviously not. So because your demand is growing, year on year, your excess capacity is reducing. As OECG takes the view that, look, in 2026, 2027, there may be the need for us to add some capacity. And so if AXA had no decommissioning provisions in their transaction and the facility is here, can we renegotiate under the new guidelines that have been issued by the Ministry of Energy to the effect that going forward, any new power plants that is coming into Ghana will not be on a take or pay basis. There will be no government guarantees, no PCOAs, and that we're going to buy energy. And that, by the way, is the Deputy Energy Minister Andy Ejapa Mesa. And just before we go, a few of our uh, if your comments on our WhatsApp console, uh, this one from Ejayao, you know, it, it's in Oyibi, I believe. It says, uh, for the potholes on the Adenta Dodowa Road, your guess is as good as mine, since you use the road as well. Of course I do. Um, you can't describe those as potholes, you know. He continues, please uh, give your radio advantage. Please hold the vice president to his promise on that road and, and tell him if he forgets, he will also be forgotten. And that's uh, Eja. Yao there. Well, that uh, Adenta Dodua Road has uh, serious critters on it. And uh, Papasi is sending us a message on the issue of the test books. It says basic schools are really suffering. And then a final one. Uh, we send us this one uh, from 
uh, pass Paco in second D says that the PNDC laws and the 992 constitution running concurrently. The question is asking on the back of the Supreme Court publishing that full judgment today. And that's it for News Night tonight. Uh, you want to stay tuned to join 99.7 FM because we'll bring you some good music tonight instead of That's My Opinion. Enjoy the rest of your evening. <laughs>